Over the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Church to the Max, and um, there were six messages in that series, and you can listen to those online absolutely free of charge, or you can purchase uh, CDs of any of the ones that you missed. Um, we gave you the opportunity on several occasions to submit questions to us, and uh, some of the questions that we're going to deal with today, I want to make it really clear uh, that some of them uh, you wrote on the card, some of them you said to us verbally, and we're going to address the ones that we feel like kind of apply to the whole congregation, and the ones that we don't answer up here today, we will answer those on the website, but uh, I want to tell you that that's going to be a process of getting those written out, the answers to those written out, and getting them up on the website. So just keep checking back, and we'll be adding uh, those questions on there until we get every one of them on there and the response to every single one of them. Uh, maybe by the end of this week, you'll be able to see uh, some of the questions we did not address up here. Um, what we're going to do is, uh, I guess I'll just kind of get us going. I'm going to take one of the uh, questions that uh, I've been asked. This was a verbal question that I was asked, and um, I'll just respond to it, and, and uh, each one of these uh, guys will be dealing with questions they have, uh, they've heard and been asked as well, and maybe some of them came off the cards. Um, yes? I will as I get to them. Absolutely. <laughs> All righty. Um, I'm senior pastor. Um, <clears throat> Uh, several weeks ago, I told you about a program, um, pastor, that we really enjoyed at our old church, and uh, we seemed interested, uh, you seemed interested, but you haven't gotten back with me on it. Do you think we're going to do that here or not? And I get this question a lot. People will come to us from other churches, and they love their old church, and you know, maybe they got transferred here. Um, and they love their old church, and, and we certainly, certainly do understand that. Um, but guys, i got to tell you something. If we did everything that is suggested to us to do, we would have about 75 ministries in this church. And so if I don't get back with you, it isn't because I thought it was a bad idea or I thought it wasn't worth doing. Um, it just wasn't something that we felt um, um, supported our vision here. A lot of times um, uh, people will bring great ideas, wonderful ideas for ministry uh, in, and, and we love them, and we would love to be able to do all of them. But what we're trying to do as a church really at this point is not add stuff we're trying to cut some stuff out. We're in the process right now as a staff. We meet on Tuesday mornings, and one of the major topics of our staff meetings recently have been to simplify church and make church easier and not be about 25 things, but really be more about five or six things or seven things you know, that, that we're really, really good at. If you go to a church that has a, or if you go to a restaurant, rather, that has a huge menu and this page after page, and, and they do all kinds, every kind of food, um, you can pretty much know a lot of that's in the freezer, you know, waiting for you to order it so they can get it out and pop it in a microwave or something. But if they've got five or six things on that menu, you can pretty much know that it's probably going to be really, really good, and it's going to be really fresh, and, and, it's, and they're going to do it very, very well. So one of the things we're trying to do, and there's a book available that I would recommend to you called Simple Church, and it's all about simplifying church. Also, the book by Craig Rochelle, the book It, uh, churches that have it and churches that don't have it, and he doesn't define it, but he knows it when he sees it. So, so you got to get that book. It's out there at the uh, it's out there in the coffee shops. You can pick that up. But but that's one of the things we're trying to do. So here's my point: if you give me an idea for a new ministry that we're not doing, probably the first thing I'm going to say to you is, will you lead it if we decide to do it? That that usually cuts out about half of folks right there. <laughs> Uh, the second thing is, guys, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we about as a church? Who are we? 
Instead of trying to be this church and this church and this church, we got to find out who God called us to be. And I have people come to me all the time. Why don't we have more of this in our worship service? Why don't we sing longer? Why don't we, why don't we cut the singing back and do longer preaching? Well, we uh, have prayed about all of these things, and we have got on our face before God, and we just feel like at this point, not to say we can't improve or not to say that we might change in the days to come or the months, years to come, but we just kind of feel like God's called us to a certain kind of ministry here at Whitley Church, and um, we're going to stick with that, and we're going to follow God. We're going to listen to you, but we're going to try so much to hear what God is saying. Is that what y'all want us to do? And do what God is saying for us to do. And uh, some of y'all weren't real sure about that. Y'all want us to do what God... Oh, okay, I was just checking with that. Uh, and so, so that's, that's what that's all about. And, um, and again, we're going to hang around up here after it's over. So if you want to come up and ask any other questions to build on what we've said here, then, um, then um, you can certainly do that after, after we're finished here today. Pastor Andy Stovall is, um, he does a lot of things here at the church. He's a great singer and, um, and uh, led worship and was my associate pastor and was the very first staff member here at Whitley Church and uh, uh, has been with me now for about 12, 13, 14 years, seems longer. Uh, no, I'm just, no, nah, that's not true. That's not true. Pastor Andy's awesome. And I thank God for him. That's what it says here. Pastor Andy's awesome. Okay. Um, and so uh, he is now, he is now um, uh, our pastor of care and assimilation. And so I'm going to let him kind of address some of the topics that, that he's been asked about and, and respond to those. Okay. This, this is on my mind, though, so I'm going to go ahead yeah, and that, address that's it. Good. Pastor this, got nasty leading worship today. Isn't that uh, awesome? I don't, I don't know where this came from, but anybody that says working in a church won't get you dirty. Where's Mike Rowe with dirty jobs? Is he around here? <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but I, I got dirty here today. It was clean, I promise, when I pulled it out of the dirty clothes hamper this morning. But... um. <laughs> But I wanted to go ahead and let you know that's not an alligator in the middle of my shirt. This is not a throwback Izod or anything. So, um, but anyway, one of the questions that I did receive and uh, that I will answer, uh, most of you know, those of you who have been here for a little while, you know that we have experienced uh, some pretty phenomenal growth over the last year to a year and a half. Last year, 2008, I think we've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. Uh, because we just give the Lord all the praise for it. We grew 30% last year. That's incredible. It deserves a bigger hand clap than that, but I'll take that one. But, um, one of the things that comes along with that is trying to, to refigure and look at how we do care in the church. And uh, the question that I have is I came from a small church where the pastor was the only paid staff member. He not only was the teacher, he was also the one who visited the sick and took care of all the needs of the congregation. I know that I cannot expect Whitley to do those things the same way as my old church, but what happens when somebody goes into the hospital? What happens when there's a death in the family? Etc., etc. And uh, we're in, right in the middle of that. A actually, that kind of thing is going on at the church every week. Every week I'm in the hospital. I send a visitation uh, log. I keep a log of all the visits that I make so that I can keep up with who is in the hospital, who's in recovery, who's doing all those things. But I send those out to the staff. And if you would like to get a, a copy of that, um, uh, that would be fine. I don't, I, I don't have anything on there that anybody can't see. But uh, I just want to kind of lay out for you how that works because I know that uh, myself, for example, I came from uh, a church of about 80 people. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, had about 80 people in it, and the pastor saw everybody. He visited people even when they weren't sick. Um, and you've probably noticed that if you're not sick and I see you on Sunday morning, I'm not at your house <laughs> because I see you on Sunday. And if, if we got around to all the homes in the community of over 1,100 people, uh, we'd be visiting all the time. That's all we would do, and we still wouldn't get that all uh, completed. But when somebody does go into the hospital, what, what you do, 
And what we ask that you do, put it on the response card that you fill out on Sunday, but also give the office a call because that response card gets looked at by about four sets of eyes, but we're human. And we might miss something. And I'm, this is something I'm asking from you. Give us a call and let us know that that's going on. Uh, if there's a death, give us a call. Let us know. If there's something else, if there's some, any kind of crisis, call us and let us know. I'm going to see you at the hospital. Or one of the staff is going to see you on the day of that surgery. And then, and this is why uh, small groups is so valuable. We are, we are working very diligently. We are not there yet. We have not arrived and we're going to be working over the summer, kind of revamping some things and getting some leaders trained. But small groups is so critical because we want you to be pastors here at Whitley. We want you, if you're in a small group, when you go to the hospital and you come home, they're going to be the ones that are going to bring meals to you. They're going to be the ones that are going to call you up and say, hey, do you need your grass cut? Do you need your uh, hedges trimmed and all that? Now, if you hadn't been in the hospital, don't call and ask them that <laughs> unless you need it. I mean, now, now, I will tell you, if you are in a small group and your husband is deployed or your wife is deployed and you're there and you're... Basically, for that period of time, you're a single parent. We want you to do that. If you're not in a small group at this time, we want you to call the church office. Because Helping Hands Ministry, it, Don Jackson and his team, they'll get out there. They've helped several families already in the church. But they will assist you and help you with things like that. Okay, But the small group... They're the ones that really give that intense pastoral care. And so you're saying, well, I, you know, you, maybe you've been asking the question. I don't see the pastor a whole lot. I, I have been sick. Now, if you have been sick and in the hospital and you didn't call anybody or you didn't write it down on the response card, Pastor Farrell said it last night, we don't have ESPN. We don't have ESPN, okay? So we're not going to be able to read your mind and know that that's going on. But that's what that looks like. We want you uh, to be pastors. We want you to give care. Because I promise you, if you leave it up to the six people sitting on this stage to care and minister to every need that you have in the congregation, we're going to miss tons of people. We're not going to be able to do it. Okay? So... That's what that looks like. I just wanted to kind of give you an idea of what to do. So your first step in the process, call the office. Then you're going to see me, and then I'm going to get your small group to jump into action. All right? Good deal. Uh, one, of the, one of the cultures that we want to create here at the church is where everybody's looking out for everybody. And people aren't just going, well, what about me? Nobody did anything for me. If you will stay if you will just not do that attitude, and you'll be all about helping somebody else. See, if we all become like that, then somebody's looking out for you. You're looking out for other people. They're looking out for you. We're all caring for each other. Hey, there's nothing that thrills us more than to get a call into the office that says, hey, did you guys know that so-and-so was going through this or get a, a text on our phone or get a, an email that says, just wanted to make sure you guys knew so-and-so was in the hospital or so-and-so was going through this. Man, we love that. And we would rather get that message 10 times than to not get it one time. So don't ever assume somebody's going to tell us. We want to be a church where care happens. This, this is why people leave churches when they grow to about where we are. A lot of times people will leave because they'll say, you know, I just didn't feel cared for. I felt like a number in that church. I just felt like nobody really knew who I was. So we don't want our church to be that way. We want to grow and we want to be a healthy church. But part of being a healthy church is that we look out for one another. We watch out for one another. So let's do that. Don't look to one person to do that. Don't make it all about you. Our theme a couple years ago was it's not about me. Let's live that every day, every day. Sitting to my far left over here is Miss Betty Grantham. Betty is the rose among thorns. <laughs> and uh, Betty, Betty and Mitchell and their whole family have been here at Whitley Church probably about a year after I came. I came in 1990. I know they came 91, 92 over at the Little Brick Church. That's where we started out here on 70. 
and they came over and um, and have just been such a great blessing and and just walk with me through the ups and downs of, of our time here at Whitley Church. Uh, this coming, uh, well, Father's Day will be 19 years I've been here as pastor of this church. And, and Betty and Mitchell and their family have been with me just about that entire time. So Betty is music, obviously. You see her on the keyboard, but she is way more than a keyboard player. She, is, she directs the music program of this church um, and uh, creative arts, she, a lot of the skits and stuff you see, Betty is the one who kind of gets everybody together and creates those teams. And why don't you just give her a big hand right now? Doesn't she do a great job? And uh, she's going to respond um, to some things that, that have been asked in, in her area. First of all, let me say how blessed I feel to be in a church that has the quality of people serving in the music program and in the creative arts program. Um, you know that Barbara Nelson did a lot with the drama skits that we've done in the past year, so I certainly will not take credit for that. But um, I am kind of over seeing that things get done, and I just praise God that we are so blessed to have the quality of talent that we do here have here. Um, one of the questions that was asked was why we don't do more hymns here. And let me just say that we have tried in the past to be more intentional about including hymns in our services because many of us grew up with songs that we just love, uh, that we feel very nostalgic about. But if we were just a regular uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church where everybody grew up in this church and it was all family, you know, we'd have the same tastes in hymns um, because that's what we grew up with. But we are such a diverse congregation. Um, even among the staff, we have people who grew up in the Church of God, um, in the Baptist Church, and then in our congregation, you know, we have all different other backgrounds. And the hymns that we grew up with are not the same. If we um, had hymns from the Church of God that I grew up with that I feel nostalgic about, they might not minister to the ones who grew up in the Presbyterian Church. So you have to consider a lot of different things when you're choosing the music um, for the services. The main thing that we look at are the lyrics and you know make sure that they glorify God and that they say what uh, is the vision of the church. Um, so a lot of thought goes into that, and we do try to do a lot of different styles of music. Fortunately, the choir gets to do a variety of different things, and we hope you enjoy the music that the choir brings as well. The other question that was asked pertaining to music was, had to do with how you get on the praise team. Um, we decided a couple of years ago that we would choose praise team members from the choir. The reason being, when you have a, a quality music program, you have a lot of people coming in that want to be on stage in the spotlight. And their motives uh, may not be the same motives that we have. Uh, they may just want to entertain um, and just be seen. So we like for to get to know you a little bit better, and we figure that a good way to do that is in the choir. And then after a while, if we see that uh, you are a worshiper, then you know we may ask you to sing on the praise team. And so we'd like to encourage anybody that has an interest in in singing on the praise team or playing an instrument to get in touch with either Jared or myself. And we usually have auditions in August. However, with the quick growth of the church, we've had auditions a little bit more frequently this year. But we'd love to talk with you if you have that interest. So see one of us. Okay. Um, on my far right down here is uh, Mr. Jim Gilligan. He plays the banjo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Jim, uh, he does a tambourine solo, and when he's finished, everybody's crying. I'm not kidding you. And, but uh, now, he, Jim, <laughs> they never know what I'm going to say. Jim is our executive administrator, and Jim came on um, this past January, was a year ago, and has just given relief to this staff because we were the reason Jim came on as executive administrator, to really run the business part of the church. 
is because we had gotten to a place because of our growth and our, and our momentum as a church, and we praise God for that, but we had become involved in really spending more time in that area than we were spending in ministry. And so we are just so glad to have Jim. He's done a great job. And I'm telling you right now, the reason last night was the last night at the old bridge and this Thursday is the first night at the new bridge is because of that man right there. And I want you to give him a hand. That's all you had wrote down here. Thank you so much, Pastor. I I got a little chest thing going on this morning, so bear with me here. Uh, My voice is kind of cracky. I do, I want to say that uh, my wife miraculously got her eyesight back, and she knows she's seen me for the first time. Yeah, I walked in the other day, and he had cracked on me pretty bad about my wife being blind and has never seen who she married. But uh, she did miraculously get her eyesight back, so we're we're still together. But uh, it has been a privilege to be here. I've I've been at Whitley since uh, 94. And uh, originally across the street and, and working in various ministries in the church. And um, when the executive administrator position came uh, open, uh, I had a moment with God. And I shared that with the deacon board and, and the staff. And um, I feel privileged to be here and to be a part of this uh, great church. Uh, you people are the best people in the world because you really work yourself to death to, to make sure that people understand that if Christ can drag across the Calvary, and I can do a little something for him. And uh, I, I just want to personally thank you for your uh, servant spirit that you really have. Um, one of the questions that were put to us, and um, uh, Pastor said this was me, uh, said, Pastor, I have noticed that our church has grown and seems more organized since we have added an executive administrator. Exactly what is the job description of an executive administrator? Um, well, uh, Steve Hickey wrote a book called Momentum, and I, I shared this with Pastor the other day, and he said that an executive administrator or an executive pastor, those two lines kind of cross um, job description-wise, is that an executive administrator looks for things that people don't realize are broken, broken and fix them in ways that some people just don't understand. <laughs> you know, so I have that challenge of trying to look at some of the things that are being duplicated within the church that maybe can be streamlined and make our day-to-day operations a little bit smoother so that ministry can proceed at a, at a, a better rate, you know. Um, it's kind of like bureaucracy and red tape with the government. Everything was in triplicates. And um, pastors were doing a great job, but they just got overwhelmed. I know Pastor Andy, I walk by his office all the time, and I'm apologizing, still apologizing, because the, the, the role that he had to play um, Man, he was doing ministry and visitation, but he had a lot of things to worry about. Just an example is the uh, expiration sticker on the vans. Are they up to date? Is the inspection stickers on the van up to date? Is there fuel in the van so the youth ministries can take it out? Well, he shouldn't have to worry about that. That's my job. You know, my job is to make sure that they do ministry. My job is just to see that the church runs smoothly day to day. Uh, I work in other areas such as human resources, working with the staff as far as vacation and things like that, and our benefits packages that will soon be coming for our staff as we grow from a small church to a larger church. Um, you, your government has to change. So I'm, I'm working in that area with the board, and uh, we have a great treasurer, secretary, uh, Ricky Lancaster, who is just phenomenal with, with finances and money. You, you see the reports, they hang on the back wall, and uh, we're very open about where our monies go and what we spend it on. And it's because of gentlemen like him. We just recently hired an accountant, Harry Smith. He's come on board, and we're having to try to take things in-house and handle them to make the check and the bill-paying process much more smoothly. Um, Oversee the current facilities that we have here to make sure that they're maintained properly. I am overseeing the building project of the bridge because they don't need to be bogged down with those things, dealing with the contractors. I want to thank many of you guys and um, that have worked so hard to make that uh, vision for pastor come to pass. Uh, we're just so excited. It's a first class place. I believe it's going to serve Whitley, the bridge well. We are one church with two locations. And we're just excited about the souls that are going to be one in the city of Goldsboro because of that facility. And, and we just thank you for allowing us the freedom to go in there and, and try some different unique things that sometimes seem to be outside the box. And uh, I do thank you for that. Um, I work with the local uh, church staff, Jamie Cooper, our office manager, and Harry Smith again, and Ingrid Jones. 
uh, in developing policies and procedures that uh, streamline our day-to-day -day operations. You call in, you need a facility or something, there's a process you go through now. It used to be that we could walk down the hall and somebody can say, hey, I need to use the carpenter's house next weekend. No problem, you got it. Man, if we do that now, we're going to have somebody mad because that building is being used in the morning from 8 to 1, and then there's another group coming in from 2 to 5, and then there's another group coming in from 7 to 9. If you ain't careful, you can mess up real quick. So that's kind of what I do there. Um, I work with the ministry directors here. We have an awesome group of volunteers, ministry directors, helping them develop an annual budget so that we make sure that they have the resources they need to, to do ministry effectively. And uh, we try to streamline the process of getting that money to them quickly so that they can do ministry um, in a very uh, proficient way. And um, also work with them in, in scheduling uh, transportation. We only have, uh, we have two vans, but we really only have one. If you've ever ridden in the gray van, it just tripped 200,000 miles. We don't count that, you know. That's like a lawnmower or something. You ride around the campus, you know, no air conditioning, nothing, but... Uh, so uh, that's kind of a, a real quick, um, brief uh, description of what I do here with the church. Awesome. Uh, Jim, why don't you, while you've got the mic, <clears throat> go ahead and talk about um, um, the, the children. Question. Yes, yes. Yeah, the, um, the second question that was put to me was, um, and again, I apologize <laughs> for my voice, um, was does everyone who works or volunteers, uh, volunteers with the babies and children have a criminal record and background check? If not, do you think this is something that we should do to protect our children and youth from predators? Um, probably about six months ago, uh, we started this process um, with the help of Catherine Barnes. Everybody knows Catherine Barnes. She is our hospitality director here at the church, but she works for an attorney out of Smithfield, and the board saw the need uh, to protect our children. So we, um, we hooked up with Volunteer Central, uh, LexisNexis, and um, they, they have a system that works with nonprofit organizations such as churches to do background checks on volunteers who want to have access to our children. Well, the only people that uh, are privy to that information is myself and Catherine. Catherine has signed a uh, confidentiality agreement with the church, and... Um, Myself and her are the only ones that see this information. So if you wanted to volunteer to work with our, with, with our children, you would, there's a process. It's a 13-page application where you would fill it out. Um, but in that process, we didn't want to go through it so fast that we trampled on people's rights. Um, we have to be very careful with uh, private information. So there is a system in place that has checks and balances to make sure that we protect your privacy as well as protect our children. And... Um, we started at the top with the pastors uh, going through the deacon boards and working our way down through the ministry directors because people that are highly visible in this church are considered safe people. So if your child was to come running up to me, as I have many to come to me and Pastor Andy and Pastor Jimmy especially, they're seen as safe people and they have to be checked out as well. And we're, we're developing a, um, a policy within the church where um, you're not allowed to be alone with children. You have to have somebody with you, two in pairs. And we feel like that's a good accountability for uh, protection of our children. Uh, I actually have a, a granddaughter here myself, four years old, so I'm, I'm really personally involved in that. I want to protect my, my grandchild too. Um, so we love our children here, and that process uh, is there. Um, we actually got audited last week by LexisNexis, and they said that we were doing everything compliant, so we were very happy about that. And um, so just be patient with us. It's a process. We're such a large church. We just don't want to go through it in a blur and make a mistake. We want to be very cautious to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks, that you cross your T's and dot your I's. Okay? Uh, one other thing, guys, just to mention some stuff as it relates to administration. First of all, let me say this. If you're here as our guest today, this is the first time we've done this in 19 years. So this is not something you're going to come and see us doing like uh, every month or every other month. That We've never done this before, but we felt that it was a good time during this series, Church to the Max, that you understand kind of some things that go on behind the scenes systems that we have in place behind the scenes so that you can relax when you come to church and know stuff is being taken care of behind the scenes. Also, Ricky Lancaster, I don't know if Ricky is in here. Are you in here, Ricky? Okay, he's, uh, Ricky is working as a, 
a, a guest guide today. But Ricky is our, our, our CFO, if you want to use that title, he's our financial director. Uh, Ricky is excellent, 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 best I have ever had in any church I've ever served in. And we put our financial reports on the bulletin board in the hallway. That's how we have, we have nothing to hide. If you're a visitor today and you want to go look at the financial report of Whitley Church, I mean, everybody who tithed last Sunday is listed. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not there. That's not there. But how the money's used, how the money's spent, our salaries are there. It's all right there. You can see every bit of it. Uh, nothing to hide. Nothing to be ashamed of. And if you see something on those reports you have a question about, we'll hook you up with somebody who can give you a straight-up answer. Because we, we're just uh, very, 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 uh, um, uh, we stress very much openness when it comes to finances, okay? To my left here is Mr. Jared Grantham. Uh, Jared um, is our student ministries pastor, Encounter Student Ministries. Uh, the big metal building way back here is our student ministries facility. Um, and let me tell you, too, that Fort Zion, where the Royal Rangers gather on Wednesday night, uh, Jim really is uh, uh, the one who uh, saw to that project even before he was executive administrator. We would not have the fort had it not been for the vision of Jim Gillikin. I praise God for that. Not just him, but others, but, but he saw it first and then led a team uh, to make that happen. Um, Back to Jared. Jared does graphics for us, computer stuff. The websites were designed by Jared that you uh, go to and enjoy, that we try to keep updated. Um, <clears throat> Jared also um, uh, leads us in worship um, quite a bit of the time. He's built a fantastic uh, leadership team, he and his mom working together. Uh, by the way, you didn't know Betty was his mom. Anyway, I know it looks like his sister, don't it, really? <laughs> but um, but um, they've just done a great job putting together an, uh, an incredible music team. You know, last weekend, Jared was away, uh, and the music, I, it just stayed at that same level with Matt up here leading us. And, and that's because of the leadership of, of Jared, and we just appreciate him, and he's going to address some stuff. I just want to say that Jim Gilgan does do a great job, uh, keeps everything up to date, and uh, I told this last night, but we, uh, the youth ministry, you know how people always make fun of youth ministry, youth ministry as a whole, and uh, Jim keeps everything up to date, and this past weekend we were uh, driving to Atlanta on the youth van, and he had just replaced the hubcap on the white van, and uh, so we're riding down the road, and all of a sudden this lady pulls up beside us, and she's like pointing, but she's on her cell phone, so I don't know if she's mad at somebody or what, but she's pointing at us, and I'm like, what is she saying, what is she saying, roll down the window, and, and then uh, all of a sudden the wheel rim had come off on the white van, and went behind, almost took two cars out and then went up an exit ramp which was pretty cool because that thing was just you know going up there so he, re he replaces and fixes all the stuff so you know get on that because those <clears throat> somebody's going to want to use it this way you know we were going to put Willie Church on the side but you know we then we thought man if we put that on the gray van you know we'd just be embarrassed so um, anyway one of the things I want to address is uh, it says my child is over in the carpenter's house a lot on Wednesdays and Sunday mornings they're not in big church with us what goes on over there, and can I be sure that they are getting fed? The answer is yes, both spiritually and physically. I promise you, your kids are eating over there. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a kid who I noticed, like every week he would leave at, right after the music was gone, and he'd walk out, and I'm like, man, is my message, is my, the first part of my message is it that bad, you know? And so finally, after a couple of weeks, I, I pulled this guy aside. I said, hey, man, you know, I've noticed, you know, every week you're leaving, and you're going, am I saying something wrong? He said, nah. He said, the coffee shop prices over there are a lot cheaper, so I go over there. <laughs> so we're competing, you know. Um, anyway, so I, I do want to clarify. We, we do have a, a youth ministry that's meeting at 11 o'clock every Sunday except for the fourth Sunday. And uh, on Wednesday nights, we do church almost just like here except we don't have messy games, which might be kind of cool sometimes in here. But we have games and stuff that go on, And uh, but I promise you that your kids are getting fed uh, spiritually. We do worship, and we have times... Um, 
our Wednesday service is a little bit different than Sunday. Sunday we get together, we do worship, and then we break out into small groups because you know and I know uh, when you just get a chance to, to listen and you don't get a chance to ask questions, and kids have a lot of questions, and that's where they voice those in small groups and all the issues that they deal with each and every uh, day of their lives throughout school and in, in different things in their homes, you know, they get a chance to express those and interact. I have an awesome team of people who help me, 10 leaders who serve very faithfully every Sunday. Some of them are here, and uh, they just pour into these kids' lives, and, and I, my prayer is that they wouldn't just call me, that they would call their small group leader when things, you know, um, go wrong in their lives, and, and they would text theirs, because that's like the cool thing now, and, and so text them, but uh, we do have worship, and we have small groups, and we have a message on Wednesdays, and we just give them a time every week to accept Jesus' um, We've averaged over the last month, and I don't say this as any type of bragging, but we've averaged over 100 kids in, in the month of May on Wednesday nights. And, um, but what's more exciting about that is the fact that, uh, you know, and we give updates in the deacon board meetings and in the ministry directors, and every week we give the chance uh, for people who don't know Jesus to, to come to know him. Because Craig Grishel says that, you know, if I don't take that opportunity, someone may walk out of this service and would have accepted him if I would have led them in that prayer and told them how. And if I, walk, if I go out and don't do that and they leave and something were to happen, I just have that and I would feel guilty. And so I've just took that to heart. And I wanted to share two quick things. Uh, First Friday is an event we do as an outreach. We just let churches from all over Wayne County, Johnson County come together. We do games and have fun, but, and we do worship, and then we give them a chance at the end to accept Jesus, and, and it was about over an hour after we had done music, and we're outside, and this girl is just crying, and she's standing outside, and, uh, and I was like, you know, what, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? And this girl says, you know, um, I, I'm afraid that I, I missed the opportunity, and, and I said, for what? She says, I want to become a Christian, and here it is. You know, it's not a church service. It's an outreach event. She's standing out in the grass by herself just crying, and so we go. A couple of people go up, and we pray with her. She accepts Jesus on a Friday night, you know, of, of a time for just really it's a fellowship of people who may not know Christ to come together with one another just to have fun and uh, last week we had a guy who came up to us afterwards we had everybody come down as sort of a response time and we said you know pray this with us and and if you meant it from your heart you know raise your hand and at the end he came up to me he said man I, I, I gotta ask you this he said you know I prayed that prayer but I didn't raise my hand and I just wanted to know did I still make it and I said man you made it and so we stood over to the side you know and uh, so we're, we're all about transforming kids' lives and making sure that they don't just come for a place of hangout and for fun, but we are equipping them for their, to lead their friends at school and when they leave high school to get into college and get out you know, and get jobs because you know, it's tough out there, and you know that, but uh, we're all about making sure that the, it's not just a place to hang out. And I do want to mention um, for you parents, because I know kids forget to tell you stuff, I mean, and you know they forget to do stuff. So we are having a camp um and it's an awesome opportunity for this summer for kids to grow and meet other people. It's here on our campus. Uh, we do it July 8th through the 12th. It's $100. That covers all your food, your tickets to the concert that we're having, the Emerald Point Water Park. I mean, it's a T-shirt. It's very, very cheap, reasonable. Um, it's an awesome time for worship. Last year, we had 12 people get saved from other churches who came and visited. So if, you, uh, if your kid has not told you about it, we want to let you know, and you can send them. If you don't have a way to get them there, come see us. We'll take care of it because we want every kid that has a chance to go to go and so we're just all about it and excited about pouring into the key, these kids life and making sure that they're fed spiritually and physically <laughs> there's so much more guys that we could say there's so much more he could tell you and say but <clears throat> let me just say as senior pastor that our student ministry our teen ministry is extremely healthy and not only is it growing numerically but our kids are growing spiritually and I, if I was a parent of a teenager, I would want that to be top priority, one of the top priorities, and, and it is with our leader, uh, Jared. Um, sitting to my left over here is uh, the best-looking man in the group, he, <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, and most humble. And um, most of the time, you can know it's Pastor Jimmy because he's sweating. And um, 
Pastor Jimmy is, um, you know, James Brown was the, was the hardest working man in rock and roll. Uh, Pastor Jimmy's probably the hardest working man on staff, and uh, we just love him very much. He is over children's uh, church ministries. He is also over our outreach ministries. He's going to talk to you right now, Pastor Jimmy. Um, we appreciate uh, Pastor Farrell letting me uh, come up here. I feel so humble. But, uh, but anyway, uh, outreach is a really cool thing. We do a lot of outreach here at Whitley Church. Um, we, you know, I, the idea is to take these, you folks, and, and, uh, and to give you an opportunity to tell about Jesus on the outside of this sanctuary. The church is just a good place to worship, but what we want to do is to work on the outside for Christ. Just like this afternoon, a bunch of us are loading up at 4 o'clock and heading toward the prison in Rocky Mount to minister. Just a few months, just a few weeks ago, we had a revival down there with 650 women <laughs> ate 2,600 hot dogs. Woo. Awesome event. <laughs> but we had, we had dozens receive Christ, and it's a way that we minister, and other prisons are opening up to us as time goes on. But outreach is, is, is a really, um, it, I believe it's the heartthrob of God. And one of the questions that were asked right here is, um, what are the requirements for participating in an outreach event, and how do I let someone know I would like to get involved? Probably one of the hardest questions here. Let me see. Can you breathe? <laughs> you got a pulse? Yeah, you can do outreach, you know? Um, we have a lot of opportunities for you. We're getting ready. We're putting together a team of people right now, kind of a think tank type team that uh, helped to, to – a group can think – more than one person you know they see more things than one person and that we've gotten to that point now a lot of people come up to me with different opportunities for outreach we're right now we're strong in the city of uh, goldsboro with our parks and recreation department we do concerts on the park uh, about four or five concerts a year uh the servolution program that uh did just a few weeks ago jared pastor jared took a group of kids and just painted houses everywhere <laughs> y'all supposed to laugh that's kind of a joke i said Man, it's, well, anyway, they didn't paint houses. They paint street corners, okay? Numbers, whatever. <laughs> now you're laughing. There you go. <laughs> you, you keep talking. It'll get fun. It'll you get fun. <laughs> but, um, but, but anyway, you know, and uh, there's just no greater joy to your heart than to witness for somebody for Christ and to have them and just tell them about Christ. Our art cards that we have in the different areas of the, of the church, you know, you do a good deed for Christ, you hand them the card, and we, we have probably passed out 4,000 of those cards, you know, from this church, and praise God for that. So outreach is a, is a growing need in our church, and if you want to, uh, if you want to know more about it, just email me, jimmy at whitleychurch.com, uh, information desk, or see me and talk to me, and we'll put you to work, man, because we believe in outreach here. Um, you may talk about kids church kids church how many uh, people have kids we call them little humans at kids church okay little, Land, little americans the other day i was in kids church and i was saying hey how you doing little american they went i'm from north carolina <laughs> that's real cool that's real cool our kids' church is absolutely exploding. We have about 120, 100, 110, 120 on average uh, between our two services. We have a phenomenal team of people, uh, worship leaders, and uh, people who give the word of God. And, and it's a strong word over there. We do it so a kid can understand it, but it's a strong word you know, as far as that. Um, the parents are here. I won't identify them, but I uh, had, a, had a father come up to me the other day. Tears in his eyes. This is, this, I love stuff like this. He said, um, man, I really appreciate what you folks are doing here at Kids Church. He said, my, my son's getting ready to play baseball. and Everybody loves sports. I believe I got the story right. And he said, and, uh, but I told my son because the, the practices were the same time as vacation Bible school. And, uh, and he started puddling up a little bit. He said, uh, so I told my son, I'm going to let you make the decision. Do you want to go to vacation Bible school or do uh, baseball practice? He said, before I got it out of my mouth, he said, vacation Bible school. See, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about, reaching, reaching the lost and reaching kids. Let me tell you something. Kids, kids know more than we do. I believe God hears their prayers quicker than he does ours. Because they're so innocent in their prayers. We encourage you, if you'd like to be a member of our kids' church team, come see me and we'll talk about it. 
and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw you to the lions. No, 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 uh, we won't do that. We'll feed you to the kids. How about that? But uh, everything's healthy in kids' church. Awesome, awesome. Guys, uh, we would love to go on. Our time's gone. Let me just say this real quick, and then we're done. Um, one of, probably the biggest challenge we have here at the church, again, goes back to some of the first things I said. Um, we have to decide who we are going to be as a church. Um, if you're here and you're like, uh, and, and we get this some, you know, I wish we had more, I wish you were more Baptist, I wish you were more Pentecostal, I wish you were more this, more that. Listen, we we have prayed, we have sought God, we have fasted, and we believe that God has called us to be a life-giving church. And there are the we have the, I have in front of me the characteristics of a life-giving church. And it's what God has called us to be. And I, what I'm about to say, I do not want you to be offended, but we love the kingdom of God so much, and we want the kingdom of God to prosper so much that if you are just not happy here, don't just leave. Come see us. Tell us what kind of church you really, really want, and we will help you find that church. I'm not kidding you. We will help you. We have a great relationship with other pastors and other churches in our area, and we understand that Whitley is not for everybody. Some people want a church that is way more overtly Pentecostal, some church, some people have come to our church and said, I'm very uncomfortable with the worship here. It's way more than I'm used to. So, so the way we look at our church is, is, is in thirds. You have people who don't know the Lord. You have people who have just come to know the Lord and don't know very much about him. And then you have more mature, uh, trained, equipped uh, people in your congregation. We want to minister to everybody. We want you to leave on a Sunday and go, you know, I got something from that service. I was blessed by that service. And if you're sitting there on a Sunday or any other time and you go, well, you know what they talked about today, that really didn't help me. Instead of having that attitude, say, you know, somebody there needed that today. And maybe it wasn't my Sunday uh, to get um, so much of what I needed, but it was a Sunday where pastor maybe needed to talk to those who didn't know so much about God because every one of us were at that level at one time and we needed someone to speak to us, our pastor to speak to us about that. So I don't know if what I just said makes sense, but, but we want you to be happy and we want you to be fulfilled. And if that's not here at Whitley Church, um, don't, don't go away upset or go away angry or, or go away critical. Come to us and let us help you and make some suggestions. We'll even call a church and say, listen, so-and-so is coming from our church over there, and this is kind of what they're looking for, and we know you guys kind of do it that way, and we want to let you know they're coming so you'll be expecting them next Sunday and, and, and get open arms. That's the way the kingdom of God ought to work. Don't you agree with that? And so, so let's, let's do it that way. We understand that not everybody who comes here is going to stay with us. We understand that. But God has a place for everybody, and God has a church for everybody. Well, Amen. you mentioned it last night. It's, it's about connecting with God. Yes. It's not about, you know, you, you know, we're not saying you either love us or you hate us. It, we're, we're saying, do you have a personality? Yep. Do you have a personality? If you're married, does your husband have this or wife have the same personality that you do? Nope. No. Every church has a personality. And that's what we're saying. We want people to connect with God. That's our passion. That's our mission. And that's our desire for you, is that you connect with him. And that's, that's uh, the rationale behind that statement. We just want you to connect. So, I think one thing we didn't say, too, is that if you have been coming for a while and you don't feel connected, you, maybe this is, you know, for our area, Whitley's a pretty big church for this area. Now, if we were in Raleigh or we were um, uh, in a bigger city, uh, then we would not be such a big church. But in this area, we are. And you might be here and say, I've never been to a church this size. And you kind of feel disconnected. We just see this man. Talk to this man. Call him. Say, Pastor Andy, I want you to come to my home. Or I want to come in and sit down with you. And I want to talk about how do I get connected. And the two best ways, real quick, is to volunteer 
for a ministry, volunteer for a ministry team. And there's a lot of short-term ministry things. We got a mission trip coming up to Eastern Kentucky. We got vacation Bible school. Those are all very short-term. But when you do those things, you make friends. You make friends. The other thing is to get in a small group. And again, during the summer, that's kind of that's kind of um, uh, um, not full bore the way it is later. But in the fall, uh, we're going full bore with the with the. Um, uh, small groups, and so make sure you you let us know that you want to be in a group. And come September, we're going to have leaders, new leaders. We're going to have new locations, and we're going to get you in a small group. And we apologize to those of you who have wanted to be in a small group, and it's taken us a while to do that. But we're getting that together, and we're going to get you guys hooked up. Okay, we're going to hang around up here. Um, could I just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes? And uh, Pastor Jared said something that kind of convicted my heart a little bit. I, if you're here today, we want to make sure before you go that you have an opportunity to know Jesus, and, and um, everybody needs a, a church. Everybody needs a church family. I know some people would disagree with that, but I just think it's essential. I can't imagine what life would be like without my church family. And so right there where you are, whether it's here at Whitley or not, Pastor Andy said it, we want you to know Jesus. That's all we want. He'll tell you where to go to church. We just want you to know Jesus. And so right there where you are, if you've been running from God and you've been making excuses about why you're not accepting Christ, why don't we just stop all that today and say, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. You paid a debt I could not pay. They buried you and you rose from the dead uh, to give me power over sin and power over the grave. And, and so, Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come in my life. I need you. I look around at the world, and I see all the things that are happening. And, and Lord, everything is so unsure, but you are sure. And I just ask you, Lord, right now, uh, come into my heart and come into my life and, and be my Lord and Savior. Wash away my sins and and Lord, come into my life. I, Pastor uh, Hardison has told us there's a little throne in our heart, and that's your throne. And Lord, for too long, I've had other things on that throne, but today, I want you to get on the throne of my heart. I invite you now, Jesus, into my life. If you will say that in your own words, the Lord will save you today. He'll come into your heart. You can come up after service and, and tell us what Jesus has done for you. We'll be so glad to hear about that. God, we give you glory and praise. This is a different kind of day, and we just thank you for what you're doing in Whitley Church, and we thank you for this awesome staff and our awesome church family. We pray, God, that your will be done. We pray with our elder brother, Jesus, as it relates to Whitley Church and the bridge, not our will, but Lord, your will be done and it is in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. If you're new and you're a visitor, make sure you get your gift bag before you leave today. We're glad to have you.